A beautiful morning has come to Augustus, Illinois. The sun rises up from the high and neatly trimmed hedges that surround the Harper estate. At the Harper mansion in a guest bedroom, Emma is sitting at a vanity, putting on some lipstick. She then closes the tube of lipstick and sets it on the vanity. <sighs> Finally, the day has come. My wedding day. I've never been happier. Meanwhile, in the living room of the Harper Mansion, Colin enters the room on his wheelchair while talking on his cell phone. Thank you, Dr. Erickson, for taking my call this morning. I just had to be sure that this is something that I could actually do for Emma. <laughs> I can't wait to see her face at the ceremony. You have a good day, too. Bye now. Colin hangs up from the call and then looks over at the fireplace mantle. He sees a framed photograph of the Harper family. Ah, oh, Dad. Oh, after all that has happened, part of me does wish that you could be here. I even wanted you to see the surprise that I have for Emma. Today is going to be such an amazing day, though. And no matter what happens, nothing will ruin Emma and I's wedding day. Nothing. At the Bay Ridge Hotel in Andrew's suite, Andrew is sitting at the desk, talking on what appears to be a burner cell phone. Don't worry, Gunner. I have everything all planned out. You told me you wanted Emma eliminated from your family. I'm not going to let you down again, especially considering how much you're going to pay me for delivering the results you so desperately want. I'll let Colin and Emma have their big day, like we talked about. But after that, I will not let them have the happy ending they've always wanted. I gotta go. Goodbye. As Andrew hangs up from the call with Gunner, he stands from the desk and makes his way over to the door. Miranda, what are you doing here? And why do you look so angry on a day as beautiful as this one? You son of a bitch. What was that for? You've been lying to me this whole time. I know you've been talking to Gunner even after you told me you would stop doing so. Andrew, what the hell is wrong with you? I saved your ass from being in a cell right next to him when I represented you to the court. And this is how you repay me? Why? Why have you done this to me? At the central grill in the dining area, Danielle and JJ are sitting across from one another enjoying a light breakfast. You so didn't have to buy me breakfast, sis. I so did. It's my way of showing you that someone still cares about you. I think that after our trip up to Linwood, you're in a place where you desperately need to see that you still have people in your corner. So, what's on your agenda for today? Well, funny you should ask that. 
the one thing on my agenda for the day kind of has to deal with me wearing this fabulous dress. I was wondering why you were getting so dressed up for the breakfast special here. First off, <laughs> I always look good. Anyway, I'm dressed up this morning for the purpose of going to a wedding that takes place later today. Seriously? I thought you told me that Colin Harper got a restraining order against you for the wedding. He doesn't want members of the press there, sis. You, yes, you should most certainly respect that. Oh, come on, JJ. You weren't born yesterday. Of course they are going to have members of the press there. Colin just didn't want me there. After all the drama that went down with me and his sister last year. I mean, can you blame him? How are you going to get around his restraining order? I'm glad you asked. You see, Robert, the Harper family lawyer, made a huge mistake in the restraining order. It expired yesterday. He put the wrong date on the papers. I guess his age is really starting to show. Who knew that 71 could hit someone so hard in terms of their mindset? As JJ is about to say another word, Danielle suddenly cuts him off. Okay, JJ, I love you. I really do. You're the best brother ever. But I'm going to need you to stay out of my business. Please and thank you. Back at the Bay Ridge Hotel in Melanie's suite, Melanie enters the main part of her suite, having come from the bathroom. She is dressed in formal attire for Colin and Emma's wedding. She's also putting on a pair of diamond earrings. Melanie lets out a sigh and goes to the door. Steven, hi. Hey, Mel. Thank you for coming over. Please come in. Oh, you look stunning, by the way. Thank you. So why'd you want to see me? Well, I, I wanted to speak with you about the trip to Germany. As you know, I've, I've booked our flight already and the hospital that greenlit the trial is prepared to take me in. And the doctors at this hospital were also set to continue my care here in Augustus after some initial consultations in Germany, of course. Yeah, that all sounds great to me. And I just want you to know that I will be here for you every single step of the way. You know, I, I don't take for granted how far we've come these past few months. And judging by the look on your face, I can tell there is something else you want to tell me. What's up? <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> of course I do. So, Stephen, um, I'm I'm going to our son's wedding today. I'm, I'm going to watch Colin marry Emma today. I'm also going to be taking pictures for you on the side, of course. And then after the wedding, after the party, I'm going to come back here and pack my things for Germany as if nothing has happened. <laughs> I'm just going to hop on a plane and be expected to forget the fact that I just saw our son get married. <laughs> I have to treat the situation as though I just saw my nephew get married and... Just slow down. Just take a breath. I... I'm not understanding what you're saying here. You came to town with the sole purpose of revealing to Colin that his whole life has been nothing but a lie. And in a million years, never did you think I'd hold you back from that. And never in a million years did I think I'd be diagnosed with such a horrific disease 
and never in a million years did I imagine that I would ever, ever agree with you on revealing the truth to Colin. Stephen, I'm getting worse. I, I can feel my memories leaving my soul. I can feel my whole life crashing around me. And I took the time last night to write a letter. In that letter that is addressed to Colin, I told him everything. And just in case things don't work out in Germany, I'd like to give him the letter. I would finally like to tell Colin that he is our son, that he is really Connor Langenfeld. No more starts and stops. It's time we came clean. Back at the Harper Mansion in the dining room, Elaine enters the room. The main dining table has been taken away and the rather large room has been turned into an area fit for a reception. As Elaine leans down next to a table and smells a bouquet of roses, Father Maxwell enters the room and goes to her. Hello, Mrs. Harper. Oh, hello, Father Maxwell. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I am doing very well, thank you. In fact, on a day like today, I couldn't be better. My son is going to marry the love of his life. In just an hour, I might add. So, is everything set up for the ceremony? Yes, everything will just be amazing today. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I have to go check on one more thing and I'll go take my place for the wedding, okay? Okay, see you in an hour. Father Maxwell nods politely and walks off. Just then, Elaine looks around to make sure no one else is coming into the room. Elaine then looks over to her right and sees a sterling silver tray that has flute glasses filled with champagne on top of it. Elaine hurries over to the tray and picks up a glass of champagne. Whew, if I'm going to get through this day, I'm going to need a little liquid... Just then, Elaine hears footsteps approaching. She quickly puts the champagne glass back on the tray just as Lenore enters the room. Oh! Hi, Lenore. I'm glad I tracked you down. I wanted you to know that Sky, Chef Pierre, and myself have the food all set. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. By the way, are you okay? You seem a tad on edge. Oh, well, you know how moms can be. I'm I'm just so overjoyed for Colin and Emma that it's it's causing your mind to go a million miles a minute. Yes. Oh, motherhood. It's a tough job, but we love it. Yes, we do. I'll see you later, okay? Okay. Lenore walks off just as Elaine tries to calm herself down from having almost been caught drinking. Meanwhile, in the living room of the Harper Mansion, Lakin and Caitlin enter the room having come from the foyer. They then see Skye arranging small bouquets of flowers that are attached with ribbon to the back of gold wedding chairs. 
Are you kidding me, Sky? What the hell are you doing in my family's home? Nice to see you too, Caitlin. Hello, Lakin. Hello. Anyway, I will have the two of you know that I'm only here to help my mother out. This is such a big event, I thought I'd give her the day off to give... We get it. Just stay out of me and Lakin's way. Noted. Sky walks off. God, I hate that woman. <sighs> Unfortunately, she's gonna be here. Let's just ignore her. I just want to focus on Colin and Emma today. And... <sighs> You know, all the love that is going to be surrounding my family. Lakin leans over and kisses Caitlin. Upstairs in another guest room of the Harper Mansion, Lucinda is sitting on a bed putting on a pair of gold hoop earrings. As she stands from the bed, she walks over to the dresser and picks up her purse. She's just about to retrieve a tube of lipstick when instead she retrieves an envelope. Oh, Emmy, I'm so glad that your wedding day is here, a day you've waited for for such a long time. I hate that I still haven't come clean to you about my secret. However, it's not the right time. Not the right time at all. Lucinda holds the envelope close to her chest. I just have to keep these papers close for now. I cannot ever let Emmy see these. Back at the Bay Ridge Hotel in Andrew's suite, Andrew and Miranda are now standing across from one another by the couch. Miranda, Gunther and I have been friends since college. After all that has happened, I thought I owed it to him to stay in contact. Oh my God. Dude. Do you hear yourself? You sound crazy. Gunner was going to hang you out to dry. Gunner is a friend. He's my best friend. I'm all he has left. You're delusional. Gunner has really done a number on you, hasn't he? By the way, you still haven't answered my question. Why are you still in contact with that monster? He has some things that need to be dealt with on the outside. I'm his eyes and ears. Andrew, don't you see that I'm trying to get you not to speak to him anymore for your own good? It won't look good to the now district attorney if Gunner's co-conspirator is reaching out to him on a daily basis. You of all people should be able to spot the potential legal ramifications of that from a mile away. I know what I'm doing. Clearly, you do not. Look, I don't want to talk about this anymore. This talk of ours has shown me everything I need to know about you. You can come by and get your things out of my house anytime today. I just want you out of my life by nine at the latest. Miranda makes her way to the door. Oh, and lose my number. Damn it. Damn it all to hell. No one is gonna ruin my plans, no one. Emma destroyed everything the moment she figured out me and Gunner's secret. She needs to pay. In downtown Augustus, Illinois, Danielle is in her car driving through the streets of Augustus. She then comes to a stop at a red light. 
Come on. I so do not want to be late for this wedding. Back at the Bay Ridge Hotel in Melanie's suite, Melanie crosses over to the other side of the room. Stephen turns around and goes to her. Melanie, you've fought me on this for so long. Are you sure you want to tell Colin the truth after all this time? This upcoming trip to Germany has essentially been a wake-up call for me. I am going to finally fight my Alzheimer's in a new way. I am going to give it everything I've got. But if I somehow continue to, to lose that fight, then I feel as though Colin needs to know the truth. The truth. Before, before my mind just fades away. Okay. Okay then. Then go ahead. Send out the letter. I will. I will. But first, I, I probably should be getting to this wedding. Um, will, will you take me to the Harper Mansion? Are you sure? I thought you didn't even want Colin to see me or anyone from your family for that matter. No, no, no. It'll be okay. I, I'll just have you drop me off at the gate. In that case, I'd be happy to do just that. Back at the Harper Mansion in a guest bedroom, Emma enters the room having come from the bathroom. Lucinda, who's dressed in an emerald green floor-length wrap dress, walks over to her daughter. Emma is dressed in a satin off-the-shoulder wedding dress. Oh, Emmy, you look absolutely gorgeous. You are a vision in white. You really think so, Mom? Most certainly. I can't believe this is really happening. <laughs> Am I seriously about to marry Colin Harper after all this time? Yes, honey, it's all real. It isn't a dream. Now, before we go downstairs to the beautifully decorated living room, there's something I need to do with you. Oh, yeah? What's that? Caitlin, you can come in. Caitlin enters the room, walking over to Emma and Lucinda. She is holding a few small gift boxes. Uh, I, I don't understand. What's going on here? Isn't it obvious? Me, your maid of honor, and your mom, Lucinda, need to fulfill a tradition. Something old, something blue, something borrowed, and... Something new! Lucinda and Caitlin smile on at a beaming Emma. Evening has now fallen upon Augustus, Illinois. Back in the living room of the Harper Mansion, the lights have now been dimmed and the majority of light in the room comes from long-lit candlesticks. An arch made out of roses and strings of lights is near the fireplace. The staff has finished tying bouquets of roses to bows to then tie on gold wedding chairs. Elaine, Lucinda, Caitlin, Lakin, Melanie, and a now toddler-aged Connor are all seated in the chairs. Lenore and Skye are standing in the distance. Meanwhile, Father Maxwell is standing under the arch and Colin is sitting in his wheelchair. Emma enters the living room as the wedding guests rise from their chairs. She walks slowly down the aisle, which is a rolled-out piece of shimmery silk fabric. 
Emma smiles at each and every one of the guests as she makes her way to the arch. When she's to the front rows of the chairs, Caitlin then takes her wedding bouquet. The wedding guests sit down in their chairs as Emma stands in front of Colin. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today in the sight of God to witness the union between Colin Martin Harper and Emma Jean Jensen. Now, before I move on with this ceremony, does anyone have any objections as to why these two shouldn't be joined in holy matrimony? Uh, wait a second, Father Maxwell. I actually don't have an objection, of course. As all of you clearly know, I've been paralyzed from the waist down for the past four and a half months. In that time, however, I've been working hard at trying to regain my ability to walk. I even got myself into a more forceful physical therapy program. And after much consultation with my doctor, I'm now ready to do this. Do what? What are you talking about, honey? To everyone's shock and surprise, Colin begins to stand from his wheelchair. Oh my goodness, Colin! Son, is, is this really happening right now? Colin nods, trying to hold back tears. Caitlin, go on ahead and, uh... I got it. Caitlin stands from her seat and rushes over to a closet in the living room. She then retrieves a pair of crutches and goes to Colin. Caitlin hands Colin the crutches as she goes to sit back down. So, Emma, baby, what do you think? <gasps> I, I, I am so stunned right now. You, you can walk. Oh my God. <laughs> I can somewhat walk, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think there's no time like the present to count our blessings and get you two married. Bless our Lord. I couldn't agree more, Father Maxwell. <laughs> Very well then. Ecclesiastics 4.9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. If two lie down together, they will keep them warm. But how can one keep warm alone? That's a verse about the unity and strength of a bond when it comes to love. In my opinion, no one has a stronger bond than Colin and Emma. In fact, after all the years of service to the church, after all the couples I've married, I know that to be true. Colin and Emma have chosen to write their vows to show everyone how strong their bond truly is. Colin, we'll start with you. Thank you, Father. Emma, <laughs> when you came into my life, I was someone who was lost. I had just been through one of the most difficult periods in my life, and I thought that I couldn't make it out of the darkness. <laughs> Yet there you were. You were the light that I so desperately needed. When you told me you were pregnant with our child, you shocked me. 
But now, after all that has happened, I can't imagine a life without our beautiful boy. I can't imagine a life without his beautiful mother. And Emma, you've been through so much. I know that you have been tested beyond your limits. However, I also know that through it all, you have remained resilient. You are the very definition of beauty on the outside and beauty on the inside. And I'm proud to call you the mother of my child. I'm proud to call you the love of the love of my life. It's you. It has always been you, Colin. You have changed my life forever. The other day, as I was at a fitting for my dress, a thought crossed my mind: What if I would have never met you? What if I would have never given birth to our son? What if there was no us? I truly only had that thought for a second in time because, as soon as I had it, God showed me that I am abundantly blessed with you, with our boy, with our home, and with the life we share. It has, it has never been easy. We have faced trying times, God knows, but with you by my side, I know that I can face tomorrow. I know that there will always be a brighter day. I know, I truly know, that I've met the man of my dreams, and I am forever grateful that you took that trip to Europe. I am forever grateful for you. And now, for the placing of the rings. Caitlin rises from her chair and gives the rings to Father Maxwell. Father Maxwell then hands Emma's ring to Colin and Colin's ring to Emma. Caitlin goes back to her seat. Colin, please place the ring on Emma's finger as a symbolized promise to love her for forever and a day. Repeat after me. I, Colin, take thee Emma to be my lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward. I, Colin, take thee, Emma, to be my lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward. And now, Emma, please place the ring on Colin's finger as a symbolized promise to love him for forever and a day. Emma, please repeat after me. I, Emma, take thee, Colin, to be my lawfully wedded husband, to have and to hold from this day forward. I, Emma, take thee, Colin, to be my lawfully wedded husband, to have and to hold from this day forward. Wonderful. Now, by the power vested in me and by the state of Illinois, I now pronounce the two of you husband and wife. Colin, you may kiss your bride. Everyone rises from their chairs as Colin kisses Emma very passionately. One hour later in the dining room of the Harper Mansion, everyone is crowded around the room enjoying hors d'oeuvres and champagne. 
Elaine, who is drinking a glass of sparkling cider, makes her way over to Colin and Emma. Well, are you two going to be leaving soon? I'm sure you're eager to get back to your home and enjoy your wedding night. <laughs> well, I guess you could say that, Mom. And thank you for agreeing to watch Connor. Of course. You two deserve this night to yourselves. But before you go, there's something I have to tell you. <laughs> Lucinda and I got you two quite the wedding present. Uh... What did the two of you do? Lucinda walks over to Emma, Colin, and Elaine. Elaine and I have decided that we are sending you two on your honeymoon. Colin and I weren't going to take one. I mean, he's too busy with work and I'm too busy. <sighs> I'm going to stop you right there, Emma. As your mother-in-law... I can see that you need some time away from this town. And as your actual mother, I second that. Where are you two sending us exactly? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. We are sending you on a two-week vacation to Greece. You and Emma are going to every major city there, starting with Athens. Oh, are you serious? Yes, Emmy, Elaine and I are very serious. So go home, enjoy this night, and then get packing. Well, that's amazing. Thank you, Mom. And thank you, Lucinda. No need to thank us. Just get going. Okay, will do. Minutes later in the foyer of the Harper Mansion, Colin and Emma, who have now changed clothes, come down the stairs of the mansion. Lucinda, Elaine, Caitlin, Melanie, Lakin, Sky, Lenore, and toddler Connor all begin to throw rice at the happy couple. Colin and Emma walk out of the home through the open mansion doors. As everyone continues to celebrate their union, it is clear that Andrew is watching the event unfold through the hedges that surround the Harper estate. That's right, Emma and Colin. Enjoy your happy union. For now. This has been Forever and a Day. Created by KCS Hutchison. Co-executive producer KCS Hutchison. Co-executive producer Candace Mack. Written by KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, and Demi Morgan. Consultant Tom Racina. Music and sound effects provided by Fesselian Studios and Soundstripe. Theme song provided by Soundstripe. This episode starred Quinn Van Antwerp as Colin Harper. Gene Young as Emma Jensen Harper. Aaron Clark as Steven Langenfeld, Beth Ellers as Melanie Walters, Elizabeth Von Isser as Elaine Harper, Lucretia Lyon as Caitlin Harper, Anna Burmeister as Lakin Bennett, Renee Saran as Miranda Williams, Claire Statmuller as Lucinda Prescott, Frank Dicopoulos as Andrew Rutledge, Sherard Jackson as Jesse J.J. Frazier, Candace Mack as Danielle Frazier, Rodney Cardoso as Father Maxwell, Terry Lemer as Lenore Parkhurst, and Mackenzie Bell as Sky Parkhurst. 
Join us next Monday for an all-new episode of Forever in a Day on Anchor, FAADseries.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement.